You are listening to A Taste of Romumu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romumu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. The number 50 has been on my mind a lot this week. And it isn't because I'm turning 50, don't worry. 50's good, 50's good. The number 50 has been on my mind this week because Shavuot, the holiday of weeks, literally Shavuot means weeks, comes at the end of a seven-week counting, seven times seven. Hi, Raya. <laughs> seven times seven, 49 days, and on the 50th day we receive Torah. 50 is the number associated in our tradition with Torah in its broadest understanding. The number 50 is Torah. So this week was a big week. We had Torah. On Wednesday and Thursday, we reached number 50. I'm also thinking about 50 this week because in Hebrew, the number 50 is associated with a letter because every letter in Hebrew has a numerical value. And the number, or the letter I should say, that is associated with 50 is Nun. That's the letter right there, Nun. See that? Can you see that? And I'll get to that in a second. But apropos of that, this amazing story that's come out of Italy with this singing nun, this singing nun. I looked up in the Google search, the Shabbat, uh, inverted nuns, because I'll get to that in a second. There's a story in the Torah about these weird letters that are strangely situated. And this is the picture that came up for me right here. I'll see that. That's an inverted nun. Part of the, the amazing story of this singing nun, the singing nun, her name is Christina Scuccia. Fantastic. Has anybody seen her? People seen YouTube? You and 51 million other people. She's amazing. Something about her grips us because there's something very human about her story. And she takes us by surprise. Stories of a woman who entered into the convent. She's 25 years old. She's already been a singing prodigy, and she felt the calling from God, and so God brought her, as it were, to abandon that life. And then within a year, she'd been discovered, and she's been performing on stages for this Italian version of The Voice, and she comes out wearing the full regalia, like Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> right? <laughs> and she just lets it rip. Alicia Keys, and she did today, I think she did something like Flash Dance. What was the song? What a feeling. And she just tore the house down. And what was so profound about it is, of course, were it any other person, were it just a regular singer, it would be, okay, she's interesting. But she's, she's expressing herself despite what she appears to look like from the outside. And that shock, the shock of the humanity shining forth and surprising us and taking us is gripping. 
It's a gripping story. And in this week's reading, tomorrow morning, in the book of Numbers, in chapter 10, an anomaly, a mystery takes place. Chapter 10, verses 35 and 36, we are all, those of us who are familiar with this from the liturgy, the Israelites are about to leave the mountain of God, Har Hashem. They're about to begin their journeys into the wilderness or to continue their journeys. And the Torah says that right before they begin their journey, right before they begin to move, Moses would say, And Moses would say, Arise, God, arise. Kuma, it's a very strange verb. Kuma, arise, yud God, and your enemies will be dispersed, and may your, those who hate you run away. Uvenucho yomar, in verse 36, and when the ark would rest, Shuvah, Moses would say, Shuvah, don't come back. Rivefot al-fei Israel, myriads and thousands of Israelites. Nothing odd there, just two verses. But above verse 35, in the scroll of the Torah, there is a diacritical mark. There is a nun that is turned around. It's not upside down, but it's turned around as if it were a mirror reflection of a nun. And underneath the second verse, right, return God the thousands and myriads, there's another nun, another of this letter, which is there as well. Both of them mirror reflections of a real nun. And the simplest explanation is that in a number of places in the Torah, there were scribal errors. And when scribes weren't sure, Ezra the scribe, when they weren't sure, they would put marks above the letters. We have it in a number of places in the Torah. These little dots above letters. This is the only instance in the Torah where there are two nuns. Two nuns, not dots underneath letters. A scribe apparently wrote in these two nuns. Maybe they weren't even nuns. Saul Lieberman, the great Talmudic scholar, hypothesized that they were inverted sigma, that in Greek literature and many Greek texts, there are uh, scribes who would place these sigma to note that this is a separate text that has been interpolated. It's here from another place. And indeed, in the Talmud, there is a rabbi who says that the reason for these two nuns, maybe sigma, but nuns now, is that this doesn't really belong here. What, right? Thank you. <laughs> that this text doesn't belong here at this moment. But that didn't stop the rabbis from giving perhaps very deep reflection on the meaning of the nuns, notwithstanding the critical scholarship. That's the way of Torah, everybody. It doesn't really matter if it's true. Right? What does that even mean? There are these two nuns, and maybe they're Greek sigma. Maybe they're scribes noting that this is an interpolated text from somewhere else. But listen to what one rabbi made of these two nuns and these two unique verses. Amar, Rebbe, the great rabbi whose name was Rabbi Huda Nasi, said, and in this he was quoting another great rabbi, Shmuel Bar Nachmani, this teaches us that these two verses are a safer Torah unto themselves, a book of Torah, thereby making seven Torot, seven books of Moses. And in this he interpreted the proverb 
she, wisdom or Torah, has hewn for herself seven pillars. Says this great rabbi, you think there are five books of Moses? Uh-uh. Those two nuns, those two nuns demarcate these two verses as a book unto itself, which means everything that came before the book of Numbers is the fourth book. It is the fifth book. Everything that comes after it is the sixth book, and Deuteronomy is the seventh book. How about that? Why would these two verses, and why would the nuns there, warrant being an entire book of the Torah? The Sloan of Marebi, a great Hasidic master, says something very simple. He says, in our lives, everything we have, the whole Torah can be condensed into two verses. How you are when the going gets tough and how you are when it's easy. How you are when you are triggered how you are when you're being asked to leave a place of comfort, asked to go out on your edge, when after a weekend at Kripalu, Omega, Romimu, you know, what's the one on the West Coast? Uh, Esalen. Is that a Yiddish? Esalen is a Yiddish place? And it was when the ark was traveling, when the ark was traveling, says the son of Marebi, you need to know that when you are going out and you're traveling and things are difficult, he, looks, he reads Binsoa when it's traveling as Nisayon, when it's an obstacle, when things are difficult, when you're traveling. Can you arouse compassion when things are difficult? means arise compassion. Arise compassion. And when things are placid, things are okay. Can you return? When things are in that place where things seem to be going all right and you still are doing the work. You're still calling forth compassion even when you're in a place of, of tranquility, of things being great. And I want to tell you something. I really get why these two nuns are mirror reflections of real nuns. It's as if to teach us that the way into these two teachings, one about when things are difficult and when things are not difficult, is that the whole world is a mirror. We begin our lives looking into two eyes. We don't even know who we are until we have a mirror in the world to tell us who we are. And for our entire lives, we invert the mirror. We spend our lives projecting onto the universe what's on the inside instead of taking the universe as it is and asking ourselves, how is this teaching me something and how am I responding? We live as if under the illusion that there's me and then there's a real world out there. And these two, not inverted, but mirror reflection, nuns, one at the beginning of this most important Torah, these two verses to have with you, and one on the bottom, if to say, the whole world is a mirror. And everything you do is an opportunity to call forth compassion and returning.
Everything you do, every place you go, every person you meet, every situation you are found in or you find yourself in is an opportunity to wake up. I went with, um, with my children and, and uh, my wife. We were, um, were walking on Wednesday uh, in Riverside Park and we came to a rehearsal for, for, um, for, for King John, exactly, for King John. It's going to be Shakespeare in, in Riverside Park. And uh, my sons were, were all riveted because there was, it was like a, re- there was a dress rehearsal. And they were all getting ready and they were putting their costumes on. And it was so clear to me that what fascinates us is the sense of the world being a mystery How is it that that person that was just looking one way now looks another way? And they're riveted on these characters. And that's the spiritual life. The spiritual life is is walking into the world and meeting someone and saying, oh, you're my teacher. You're the mirror, nun, that leads me into you are leading me into a reminder to call forth compassion whether it's a difficult journey or whether or not I'm in a place of tranquility, either way, shuva Adonai, kuma Adonai, kuma Adonai, shuva Adonai, it doesn't matter if I'm calling it forth because it's difficult or because it's easy, either way, I'm calling it forth because the nuns are guarding the post. The nuns are calling forth Torah because nun in every place is Torah. Nun is the 50th day, it's the Shavuot. Our Torah in the world, those little singing Flying nuns <laughs> are teaching us to not judge the world by its cover, but to be called forth to see it and ask what's behind it. What is it asking from me? You look like Christina Cucina, Cucina Puccini. You look like some nun, but you're singing a strong song. You have a deep song underneath my perception of you. Shuva Adonai, Kuma Adonai. Will the real you please stand up? And that's why everybody in the Midrash, it says that even though we say every Shabbat or whenever we open the ark, we say, Vayom, it says, Vayibin Saron, and when the ark would travel, when there would be difficulties, Moses would say, Kumadonai, and the Midrash says, what were the Israelites saying? It's nice that Moses was saying, Kumadonai, but what were the Israelites saying? And says the Midrash, the Jewish folktale, they were singing. They were singing a song. Vayisharna, and they were singing a song because Moses was calling song forth from them. From the depths of their heart, they were saying, everything in life, everything in life is asking me, asking me to disclose and discover Torah. So Torah is not just on Shavuot. Torah is not just when you're studying with a great teacher. Torah is not just, but Torah is always. That's the significance of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani's teaching. Those two little verses, Vahib and Saron, is a whole Torah. It's a whole Sefer Bifnatsmo. That's all you need. Take two verses and call us in the morning. <laughs> so I want, to, I want to bless you. Man, I'm telling you something. Ain't it hard, right? Isn't it hard? Isn't it hard to be on all the time, trying to learn Torah all the time? 
Wouldn't it be just easy if we just said, you know, it's only Friday night when I go to Rome, or go to BJ, or go to Anshichesa, to go wherever I go, where I go. Uh, that's when I have in my, my Torah moment. I have my Torah. It's kind of in my calendar, and it's right there. That's my Torah. It's right next to my gym membership, and it's also over here. I have therapy, then I have Torah, and then I have Est, and then I have groups, and then I have my Shiatsu, and then I do everything. May God bless us that when our arcs are being pulled to move from the safe place into a difficult place that we call forth Kumadunai. And then when we've rested, says the Slonim Rebbe, we also call forth Shuvadunai, return. Because after all, as Jessica read to us in that beautiful poem, right, from Derek Walcott, the time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror. And each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, shuva Adonai. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror. The nuns are singing. May we hear their song. Amen.